Coming up this week, Tesla's Model Y gets a third row seat. Toyota's CEO says EVs are overhyped. BMW builds a 186 mile an hour wingsuit and more. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 45 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. My apologies to those of you who do watch the YouTube video for the podcast. Uh, I've had some technical difficulties with my camera and have finally resolved to just moving on without it. So there is not any video this week the way I normally do. I am going to try to make this video as interesting as possible. So we'll see how it goes as I start recording this and uh, do all the work in post-production. But hopefully to make up for that, I do have uh, more stories, more EV news stories than I normally do. Uh, Normally I'll I'll try to do five or six. Uh, This week I have eight. And they're really good ones too. Uh, Some really awesome news this week. So we'll start off with the story of the Model Y. There had previously been a healthy amount of speculation that the planned third row seat would be rear facing. But the latest evidence shows that the third row will indeed be front facing, according to Tesla North. Tesla's website says that the seven-seater Model Y is slated for 2021. And now new images have surfaced showing what appears to be the optional third row seating. If you go to Tesla's website, it does show the third row seating when folded down, and because of the placement of the seat belts, we can assume that it would be forward-facing. And now a Redditor has added some photos of what appears to be the third row and kind of confirms that suspicion. What we see are two seats and also two cup holders in the middle of them to make the third row. While Tesla's website says the Model Y has, quote, room for up to seven adults with optional third row, end quote, there isn't enough leg room there. So these seats will most likely be for pets or children. Another image shows what looks like rails behind the second row, and most likely that would be a way for the second row to move out of the way, like slide forwards to allow for more room in and out of the third row. But obviously from a photo, that's just speculation on my part. You know, there, there is no real way to know that until we see it in person. But what I can tell you is that the seats in the second and third row will all fold flat for more storage when you want it. So that's great. I know there have been a lot of people that have been waiting for the third row seats in the Model Y, people with bigger families. Uh, honestly, it's been something that I have seriously considered when we're planning on ordering a Model Y next year. So the fact that we have to wait for it is not a big deal. Also in Tesla news this week, they have announced a new CCS charging adapter that will work with its proprietary connector. The availability for North America, however, is still unclear. Uh, Let's go back a little bit. With the launch of the Model 3 and the Supercharger V3 in Europe, Tesla switched its main charging standard for that car to CCS Type 2, which is the most common plug type in Europe. At that time, they ended up launching a CCS Type 2 adapter for the existing Model S and Model X owners that were there so that they would be able to use the growing 
CCS Type 2 charging station networks, like the Ionity Network and others in Europe. Tesla made the adapter available in some markets, but it never released a CCS adapter for its own proprietary connector, which, of course, they use for all of their Tesla vehicles here in North America and a few other markets. So owners here in North America have not been able to take advantage of the growing third-party charging networks using the CCS standard, like Electrify America and EVgo, to name a few. But now Tesla has revealed that it will launch such an adapter in South Korea, (laughs) at least, uh, during the first half of next year. Tesla owners in South Korea are reporting having received the following email that was seen by Electrek, and then they translated it from Korean to English. And it says, quote, In the first half of 2021, Tesla Korea will officially launch the CCS1 charging adapter. Tesla owners can conveniently recharge their vehicles at 33 supercharger stations located at the heart of transportation and more than 150 destination chargers located at popular hotels and restaurants. In addition, the CCS1 charging adapter is released to enhance the customer experience by allowing access to public charging networks nationwide, end quote. So while this doesn't confirm a launch in North America, It's the first time that Tesla actually is going to produce an adapter for CCS to its own proprietary connector that can be used for vehicles in the U.S. and Canada. So I'm thinking that maybe it's possible that we will see this come to be available for all of us here in North America eventually, and maybe somebody out there is just going to order one from Korea and have it shipped over here so that they can then see if it will be used. I would not be surprised if we see a YouTube video or something pop up uh, in the near future once these do become available. And one last Tesla story before we get to the rest of the news this week. Tesla informed its employees in its Fremont, California factory on Friday that its Model S and Model X electric vehicle production lines will close from December 24th to January 11th, according to an email seen by CNBC. Employees working on those lines were offered a full week of pay to cover one of the two and a half weeks of shutdown, along with a few paid holidays. They were asked to take five unplanned and unpaid days off, but have the option to try to work in other areas of the factory during these days. They were also encouraged to volunteer to help make electric vehicle deliveries to customers during the shutdown. In a separate email sent to the entire company on Friday, Tesla CEO Elon Musk noted that the company is, quote, Fortunate to have the high-class problem of demand being quite a bit higher than production this quarter, end quote. And he asked for employees to increase production as much as possible during the rest of the quarter. The shutdown of the SNX lines suggests that the high demand does not extend to these older models. It's not clear what Tesla intends to do with its Model S and X lines during the holiday shutdown. The company did not immediately respond to a request for comment. However, lots of people, myself included, are speculating that this could possibly indicate that they are going to do, finally, a refresh for the S and X, which has been long overdue and certainly has been predicted for a number of years by members of the media and others in the Tesla community. Something that might nod to that. Uh, As we know, Tesla and Elon like to throw little clues out to us. And in the email, and I'm going to quote the actual email here, it says, quote, we would like you to take the opportunity to refresh. There it is. 
or spend time with your family. So Tesla will be giving you a full week of pay for the week of January 4th. Uh, I'm not going to read, end quote. I'm not going to read the other, rest of the email. But there it is. They, they put the word refresh in there. And maybe that's a stretch. I know uh, I'm really searching for that. But I think myself, like many, many others, are just really looking forward to seeing the next generation, the next iteration of what the S and X will be. So here's keeping my fingers crossed. I know many of you are looking forward to that as well. We will have to wait and see what this actually means. Uh, it could just be regular maintenance, but honestly, for two and a half weeks, that's a long time to shut a, a production line down just for regular maintenance. So it's speculation, but man, uh, I really, really would love to see some, some new S and X vehicles coming off the line. Next, Reuters this week reported that South Korea's Hyundai Motor Company will end domestic sales of its best-selling electric vehicle, the Kona EV, after a series of fires and faulty braking systems prompted mass recalls, local media in that area reported on Friday. Cable news channel YTN said Hyundai was reviewing the end of Kona EV sales in South Korea, while the Junong Daily cited an unidentified source as saying sales would continue in Europe. The Kona EV ranks among Europe's best-selling EVs. Sales of the model outside of its home market account for over three-quarters of the total amount. Hyundai declined to confirm the reports but told Reuters, quote, We are reviewing various options as we prepare to launch the Ionic 5 midsize crossover electric vehicle. In October, Hyundai recalled Kona EVs in South Korea due to the risk of short circuit possibly caused by faulty manufacturing of its high-voltage battery cells. The recall, which includes software updates and battery replacements after inspections, involves over 25,000 Kona EVs built during September 2017 to March 2020. Hyundai has also recalled over 50,000 Kona EV and Nexo fuel cell vehicles in South Korea due to faulty electronic braking systems. So not good news for Hyundai, but... Perhaps it's an opportunity, like they said, to move past the Kona and focus on their Ionic EV brand. The next story is also from Reuters. Electric car maker Fisker Incorporated said Thursday Magna International would initially manufacture its Ocean SUV in Europe, finalizing a deal signed with the Canadian auto supplier in October. The agreement marks Magna's first entry into contract manufacturing for an EV startup. As you may or may not know, Magna is the maker of the Jaguar I-Pace. Of course, Jaguar is not considered a startup. Uh, as a part of the Fisker deal, Magna will receive warrants to purchase a stake of up to 6% in the EV maker, Fisker told Reuters in October. Magna's stake in Fisker is subject to achieving three engineering and production milestones through the planned start of production of the model in November 2022. Fisker's Ocean SUV will have a starting price of $37,499, which is a fantastic price, even though we have to wait nearly two years to get our hands on one. I have not exactly ever been a fan of Toyota on this podcast because they have definitely been one of the automakers that are lagging significantly when it comes to making the transition to electric vehicles. And this week, I have even more reason to be critical of the automaker because their CEO, Toyota CEO, Akio Toyota, went on a rant about battery electric vehicles at their annual meeting for Toyota. 
He spread misinformation about electric vehicles and even claimed that it wasn't a good idea to push for massive electrification. This small-mindedness could spell the end for Toyota if they don't quickly let go of such ideas. And despite the fact that the company announced an acceleration of its EV plans last year, the Japanese automaker has been focused on hybrids and fuel cell vehicles, and it has often dismissed full battery electric vehicles. And this bad-mouthing of EVs has often come directly from its CEO. Now he went at it again during comments about the Japanese government's announcement that they plan on banning the sale of new gasoline-powered cars starting in 2035. The Wall Street Journal reported on his comments, which included claiming that battery electric vehicles were more polluting than gasoline-powered vehicles due to electricity being mainly produced by gas and coal in some places. And that is something that has been proven false by several studies over and over and over again, even when EVs are fueled from electricity that is powered by coal and gas, they're still more environmentally friendly and less polluting. So not only is it already not accurate in most places, it's also short-sighted to focus on that considering that the electrical grid is also rapidly getting cleaner as new development of renewable energy is becoming significantly cheaper than coal and gas. In fact, I think uh, solar is now the least expensive way of producing electricity. Toyota claimed that electric vehicles are overhyped and said that, quote, the current business model of the car industry is going to collapse, end quote, if the government pushes for gasoline vehicle bans. He argued that EVs are too expensive and pushing for mass transition to battery electric vehicles will price people out of new cars. Well, if this was something that he said 10 or maybe even five years ago, I might not be so critical, but none of that is true today. EVs are less expensive to own, they are more environmentally friendly, and they're just a better option. And honestly, if Toyota continues to push this narrative that is against EVs, they are really going to struggle going forward. Mercedes-Benz is continuing their path to electrification. They announced this week that their Tuscaloosa County plant will begin producing electric SUVs in 2022. The plant, which has been in preparation for the move for the past three years, will produce the EQE SUV and the EQS SUV on the same line with SUVs that have conventional and plug-in hybrid drivetrains. In an announcement from Germany, the company said it will launch six electric versions of its vehicles in 2022 to be manufactured at plants all around the world. Marcus Schaefer, COO of Mercedes-Benz Cars, said the company's electric-first strategy will lead to eventual carbon neutrality. He said, quote, We intend to lead in the field of e-mobility and focus in particular on battery technology. We are taking a comprehensive approach ranging from research and development to production and also including strategic cooperation, end quote. Progress on the company's Bibb County electric battery plant is continuing. Work on the building has already been completed, the company said, and ultra-modern systems will be installed in the coming months. Mercedes-Benz committed more than $1 billion three years ago to its Tuscaloosa and Bibb County operations in preparation for electric vehicles. In 2017, it announced a 800,000-square-foot global logistics center and a 1.3-million-square-foot parts hub in Woodstock near the Vance plant, and began work a year later on the 2-million-square-foot battery plant. So it looks like within the next couple years, we're going to see some all-electric Mercedes-Benz SUVs rolling off the line here in North America.
And lastly, from the Rob Report website, BMW believed it could fly, and now it's proved it. The German automaker successfully sent air sports pioneer Peter Salzman soaring through the sky at speeds of up to 186 miles an hour in a newly developed electric wingsuit. The innovative concept was a joint effort between BMW, DesignWorks, and Salzman himself. The professional skydiver and base jumper said the idea arose while he was thinking of ways to improve performance in the air. After three years of intensive research and countless test flights in BMW's horizontal wind tunnel, Salzman and the wingsuit completed the maiden flight over the mountains of Austria last week. The 33-year-old was dropped by helicopter at just shy of 10,000 feet alongside two other flyers sporting conventional wingsuits. BMW says the electric wingsuit enabled Salzman to accelerate faster than his mates at a peak speed of 186 miles an hour. To put that in perspective, the conventional wingsuit operators will typically reach horizontal speeds of about 62 miles an hour. The E-wingsuit is built upon BMW's IEV technology and powered by a chest-mounted rig. It offers 15 kilowatts of grunt that's split between two 7.5 kilowatt carbon impellers. The impellers spin at a speed of 25,000 RPM and produce thrust for up to five minutes. I gotta laugh at this because it's just, it's insane and awesome, like awesomely insane. The aim of the electric wingsuit is to increase performance and eventually allow for longer distances to be covered. In the video of the feat, the trio glide in tandem before Salzman uses his kilowattage to boost above another mountain and actually manages to gain altitude while the other pilots descend. All three then deploy parachutes and land safely. The wingsuit was revealed as part of BMW's next-gen 2020 event in which the automaker offers a unique look ahead to the future of mobility. BMW showcased an array of new tech and also revealed the new iNext electric crossover. While Salzman's first flight was a resounding success, it appears he's not resting on his laurels. According to BMW, the Daredevil wants to fly between the skyscrapers of South Korea next. He says, quote, I will have to train more. We will optimize the technique and look ahead boldly, end quote. Absolutely unbelievable. I think it's great when a traditional automaker steps outside of their norm to push the bounds of what's possible in other areas. This is fantastic. And certainly, if you are listening to the audio-only part of the podcast, I would encourage you to search for this on YouTube and find the video because it is a sight to behold. So that's your show this week. Thank you, as always, to everyone who supports EV Resource, either simply by listening or sharing with your friends, those that watch on YouTube, um, but especially those that support us on Patreon. Patreon is a dedicated site that you can provide support for EV Resource in a financial form, uh, either at a dollar, five, or ten dollars a month, and every Patreon subscriber actually receives full access to the EV Resource magazine. If you want access to the December issue and every single previous issue, we started this in March, all you need to do is become a subscriber or a, a magazine subscriber on Patreon, dollar a month, and that'll get you full access. You can also sign up at the producer or executive producer levels. Um, our executive producer is Tom Wiggins. And as a part of that level, he gets his name read every week here on the podcast. Uh, the producer and executive producers also receive 
access to the EV Resource podcast a, a day early. So the day that I'm recording it today, Saturday, they will get it access to that basically as soon as I'm finished recording, where everybody else has to wait until Sunday at 2 o'clock to gain access to that. So there's no obligation whatsoever, but certainly if you are able and willing, I would encourage you to go over to Patreon and check it out. I always invite your feedback for the podcast. If you have a comment on any of the news stories, you can leave a comment in the YouTube video or send me an email at hello at ev-resource.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast either on the podcast platform that you're listening to or on the YouTube channel, and that way you'll get all of the future episodes of the EV Resource Podcast delivered to you automatically. You don't have to search for it week after week after week. It'll just be here for you when you want it. If you do want to listen to any of the previous podcast episodes, they are available on our webpage, which is ev-resource.com under the podcast section, and of course, on many of the major podcast platforms. But that is all. So thank you so much for being with me and I'll catch you next week. Bye.